I think one of the biggest things that we biggest mistakes we make uh, is is easily you know, trying to build up too quickly or trying to make changes too quickly. This one's radio episode seven hundred and four starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to take a second and thank the two newest patrons of the show, Ms. Jennifer Burley and Mr. Jason Mulligan, uh, who've jumped on board, pledged to uh, buy me a cup of coffee each and every month, uh, maybe a couple cups of coffee, I think, between the two of them, um, or a couple cups each of them. But uh, anyway, uh, if you want to find out more about how you can support the show via Patreon, uh, stay tuned for the end of the episode. New, new things coming on Patreon as well. Uh, some new perks, some new rewards, uh, things like that. So get in uh, get in now or get in later, whenever whenever it works for you. But uh, patreon.com slash disruns. Also, stay tuned to the end because we're doing a little little giveaway at the end of this episode. And you got to stick around to find out how. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today I'm joined in studio by a gentleman that uh, apparently had so much fun in our first chat that he couldn't resist the opportunity to come all the way down to Florida from, from back from Michigan, my, our, our mutual home state, uh, just so we could do this again. So uh, today's guest, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of the, some of the specifics as we get going here uh, from our first chat, but uh, he's a physical therapist and uh, definitely one that enjoys working with runners. Um, and one of the topics that we touched on briefly the first time, but we're going to definitely dig into a lot more this time is uh, his new book, which is titled Runner's Fix, which uh, is really just full of all kinds of great information and photos and exercises and stretches and advice and all kinds of things um, to help us as runners address some of the, the areas that may be causing us problems, whether it's shins, feet, back, hips, uh, the, the, whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, this is a, a really good book that I'm going to be talking about a lot, not just today, uh, but in the future, because I think it's a great resource for any of us uh, to, to have and uh, we might be able to, to get a, a copy or two out there to some of you guys as well. But uh, we'll get to that when we get there. Uh, but for now, it's uh, just a pleasure to be able to welcome Mr. Mike Swinger uh, back to the show, back to, back to the Sunshine State, although it's raining today as we record. Funny how that works out. But uh, good to have you back, Mike. Uh, good, to, good to see you and good to talk with you again. Hey, thanks for having me, Denny. I'm excited to be here. And uh, yeah, I feel very welcomed here in Florida, especially since it was uh, nine degrees in Michigan when we left. So even 55 and rainy feels great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, I, I forget sometimes that, uh, you know, when, when I complain about the quote unquote winter down here, uh, I, I know what real winter is and it is not, it is not what we have in Florida. But, uh, anyway, guys, if, if you want to check out more about, uh, what Mike's got going on, website, social media, all that kind of stuff, uh, runfizz.com. That's R U N P H Y S.com. Uh, on the Instagram, same handle or same as the, the website at runfizz and on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's the handle is just slightly different. It's Mike runfizz. So M I K E then runfizz. Um, and if you, if you missed our first chat and you want to go back and, and relive, the, uh, the, the first experience from, uh, gosh, it's been almost a year as this will come out. Um, disruns.com slash 575. It's episode 575 in your, in your podcast player or on the website. It'll get you there, 575. Uh, and today, the show notes, disruns.com slash 704. Uh, if you want some links, uh, obviously, we'll, we'll definitely have the book linked in there when we get to talking about that. 
Um, and, and who knows what else we'll talk about that makes sense to link up in the show notes. But uh, obviously, Mike's social information website will be there as well. Dizruns.com slash 704. So, Mike, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's usually the same introductory question every time. Um, I'll ask it again and see what, see, you know, sometimes the answer changes. Sometimes it stays the same. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll throw a little, uh, curveball at your way, depending on how we go. But, uh, we got, we got to start out the way we always start out. And that's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, at least I was uh, prepared for one question here, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, answered before was uh, the half marathon and I'm, I'm going to stick with that answer. Uh, I'm training for one coming up here in May and uh, half marathon still a good distance. It takes some work, but it's still approachable. But uh, a second favorite distance would be the, an Olympic triathlon. So mm. am I, is it okay if I say triathlon? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I know it's part running. So yeah, Olympic distance triathlon. I have one of those coming up this summer and excited for that as well. Okay. Well, that's, that's, uh, that is the curveball to me. Cause I didn't, I didn't have any idea <laughs> that, uh, that triathlon was, was something that you've, you've been into and, and dabbled with. How, how long have you, uh, dabbled on the triathlon side of things? Uh, seven or eight years, I think. I, uh, in, in high school, I had a couple of knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. And so I've always known that I'm never, I'll never be a high mileage runner. So I've, I've been uh, interested in triathlon about as long as I've been just running as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, have you done anything longer than Olympic? Have you, have you dabbled into Ironman type of distances or no, no desire? <laughs> not, not yet. I mean, the full Ironman, that's still a little crazy in my book, but the, the half Ironman, uh, yeah, that, that, that could happen in the next that's, few years. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a maybe that's, that's, that, that's, that's, that, that's in that's, the realm yeah. of possibility at least. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, well, good. I, that's, that's why I keep asking that same question because you, you <laughs> never know when either when somebody's taste change or when there's something like that, that, that would have just completely come out, out of uh, nowhere to me. But that's, I'm going to tuck that away. We might, might touch back on uh, triathlon a little bit as we go. But uh, just want to do a, a quick kind of recap of a few things we talked about last time. And I don't expect you to remember everything we talked about. But um, like you said, you had some, some knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of got you started down the road to your profession of, of, of yes. being a, a, a physical therapist. Yes. Um, and then kind of settled into working with, with runners from like kind of local high schools and things like that, kind of the running community. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and you know, then, you know, kind of, we, we talked a lot in, in the, the last episode about some different exercises, some different, different, um, you know, issues, uh, kind of very, very generic, very surface level. Um, cause obviously mm-hmm. every, every situation is gonna be a little bit different, but lots of, lots of good things in that episode to, to go back and, and touch on. Um, but one thing that, that we talked, I mean, just, I mean, I listened to it this morning, so that's the only reason it's fresh in my mind. Otherwise I would have totally <laughs> going to say your memory is really impressing to here, Denny. It's, it's, it's all the, all it's, it's all, it's all up here, Mike. It's, it's, it's like a steel <laughs> trap. Um, either that or, uh, you know, we have the technology to, to refresh our memories once in a while, thankfully. But, uh, one thing that we, we touched on and, and then you mentioned before we got going today, that might be something that, that would be worth, uh, diving into a little bit is, is cadence. And we touched on cadence just, I mean, like it was like a passing comment of, of I don't remember exactly, even though I just listened to it, I don't remember exactly what we talked about, um, where it was just like, you know, and then there's the cadence, I'm too fast, I'm too slow, whatever, blah, 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 and we moved on. Um, but uh, we'd love to maybe dive a little bit deeper on that because that is something that um, has been talked about a bit more. Uh, I've, I've weighed in on it uh, several times in, in various uh, quick tips and, and Q&A episodes of people asking about questions about it. And it been, I think I've had other people on the show that we've talked about it. Um, but 180. 180 is apparently, as <laughs> as some books would have you, some some people would tell you, this magical number when it comes to if you can run 180 steps per minute, you are never going to get injured. You're always going to run the per- personal bests left and right. 
Um, maybe there's a little hyperbole there, but that's that's kind of the number <laughs> that, that people shoot for, 180. What's what's your thought on running cadence, Mike? Is is 180 a magical number, or is it? Uh, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on, on running? Cadence? Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for teeing that up. And you know, I saw that that, that conversation popped up on the the Facebook page a couple times, and you know, different different people weighing in and asking questions. And I thought, okay, you know, it'd be worth giving another layer of depth to it because mm-hmm. there's definitely been some some good. Uh, knowledgeable voices in the running world that have said 180 is the holy grail of running cadence, you know, and, and it's, it's based on, I think there's an old study, you know, studying elite distance runners Mm -hmm. or something, but they're all running like, you know, sub five minute miles, which is not 99% uh, more than 800 meters or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. But then there's also been some recent studies that show that uh, at that type of a cadence that decreases the ground or the impact forces mm-hmm. on your body. And so then the the leap from that is, oh, okay, well, because of that, that's the ideal way to go because less impact means less injury means more efficient, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> and and so I think that, that that's looking at one side of the coin, but the other side of the coin is your body needs some impact in order to work correctly. Um, because when, you're, when your foot hits the ground, the ground pushes back up on you, and essentially what that does is that creates this loading force up into the muscles of your legs, up into your hips, up into your core. And in order for a muscle to work efficiently, it has to be loaded. And the analogy that I like to demonstrate, and uh, hopefully if you're listening to this, you're going to try this in your living room or wherever you're listening to it. Well, no, you're, you're probably running while you're listening to it. <laughs> could be, so, could be. Right? Um, so if you, if you are going to try to jump as high as you can, if you're just standing still and you try to jump as high as you can, um, what do you do? Do you just start with your knees locked no. and jump? No, you're going to squat down. Exactly. Right. So what do you do in that moment? You're loading your muscles, right? And that's where you get the most return, the most, uh, potential energy out of your muscles. And so in order to run effectively and run efficiently, you've got to also load your muscles. And so if you are arbitrarily running with a cadence that's too high, then you're bypassing some of that loading. Your muscles aren't getting enough loading to be able to turn around and work efficiently. They're not creating enough, enough potential energy. And so I think the the key is is not to just try to, again, arbitrarily go for this holy grail number, but you want to find what's the ideal cadence for you. Mm-hmm. And that takes some work. And also appreciating, and I think this this is sort of kind of how you've stated it in recent, recent times, that, you know, cadence isn't... Uh, an end in and of itself. It's a, we all run, want to run efficiently and cadence. If you're paying attention to it, it only matters insofar as it's a means to run more efficiently. If it's something you really want to pay attention to and it helps you great, but we all want to run efficiently and that's what we need to pursue. So things like landing underneath your body, not overstriding, that's way more important than trying to figure out what or trying to pursue a, some random ideal cadence right and, so. then, and then the the other thing to, to keep in mind and I, I feel like probably said this before but you know different paces are going to have different cadences like like you know that this 180 came from watching elite marathoners competing in a marathon so they're they're mm-hmm. pushing themselves at you know obviously at, at even at the elite level marathon they're not running at 100 percent effort but they're running pretty hard and and you know my easy pace day mm-hmm. hopefully if i'm doing it right isn't going to be anywhere near my marathon pace day so maybe, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't really track my cadence, but maybe on, on PR marathon day, maybe my p- cadence was right around 180, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the run that, that we just went on before we started recording this, like 
guarantee it wasn't because it wasn't running nearly that, that same pace. And, and yeah. you know, that's where you don't want to get so caught up in. It has to be this number because if you're running mm-hmm. easy, it's going to be, it's going to be slower. It's yeah. you're going to be lower. That's what's going to happen. Absolutely. And I think it's safe to say that 180 is kind of the neighborhood we all want to be in. You know, you don't want to be a hundred steps a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's definitely uh, it's sort of a bell shaped curve, I guess you could say. So if you're running, you know, above 150, chances are, that's not your issue. You know, right. if, um, conversely, if you're running 220 steps a minute, might, um, might be a bit, a bit much. Yeah. Unless you're only four foot tall, um, <laughs> then it might be appropriate for you. Yeah. I don't know. But, but that, but that does bring a, a good point too, that the, the taller or shorter you are is going to make it to the longer your legs are, the shorter your legs are. That's, that, that's all going to make a, an impact on, or make a, a difference on what your cadence, what your ideal cadence ultimately is. So to, to try to get stuck in this one one eighty number, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe that's if you look at every runner, maybe that maybe that would bubble to the surface. We'd be right about one eighty, but that yeah. doesn't mean that that's perfect for every runner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I like you, how you mentioned that the height or the length of your legs that absolutely factors in. Um, an analogy I like to give, and I forget if I mentioned it the first time we talked, but if you picture uh, like two children swinging on swings, and one kid has say a six foot long chain, the other kid has a ten foot long chain and they're swinging back and forth, they're not going to have the same cadence, right? right? And let's say you get the kid on the longer is going to have a lower cadence, but let's say he tries to pump his legs to try to match the other kid. You know, what's going to happen? I mean, he's going to fall on his face, right? right? right. Or he's going to get way out of whack. And so the, the, the height or your height or the length of your legs kind of does di- dictate what your body's natural rhythm is. And you've got you to be respectful of that for sure. Yeah, well, and it's always always easy to, easier to work with what's natural to you than it is to to try to fight against uh, what feels natural and and try to make it into something that's that's just not what not what your your body you know what your body wants to do. Like work work with yourself instead of against yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was definitely one thing that uh, you know, like I said, we talked about it just a little bit before we got going today, but but something that was was uh, I think worth worth diving into, but. I wanted to definitely spend the, the bulk of the time talking about about the book, which again we, we touched on it briefly. I think when when uh, we chatted last, it was it was in the maybe first draft stage or somewhere, either being still first draft written or just finished the, the first draft. Um, but uh, you know, we, we touched on it in past. I don't think I don't even know if we even mentioned the title. I don't even know if there was a title at that point. Yeah, there wasn't a title <laughs> at that point. It was still very very preliminary. So so what um, you know. Like we said in the in the intro, the title is, is Runner's Fix, um, and the subtitle here is DIY Guide to Running Pain Free, which is one of those things that uh, obviously all of us want to be want to be healthy. We want to run without without pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe this is an easy question. Maybe it's 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 a, a foolish question. I don't know. But why 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 write a book? You know, from 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 a guy who's who has written a book <laughs> and uh, is is I think getting ready to to write start writing book number two. Um, why why go through this pain in the butt process of getting a darn book out there? Why did why did you decide to do this, Mike? Well, because I didn't meet you in person uh, beforehand and hear you hear you say that and lament uh, how much work it is. Am I, oh. am I telling the truth though? <laughs> was, was it smooth sailing for you? Did I do something wrong and make it such a hassle? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to compare other notes after this, right? 
it, it was uh well i'll put it this way when uh when i got done writing the first draft which was sometime you know middle of summer 2018 i thought okay good i'm 80 percent of the way done here and <laughs> yeah, then, I, I had those thoughts too <laughs> yeah then quickly realized i was maybe 25 percent of the way done and so it was it was a good experience it was an eye-opening experience it makes me not look at any book the same just realizing how much work actually goes into all that um but yeah why i wrote the book um I, I think it's just one of those great life ironies because, you know, growing up in school and college, just to write a five-page paper was <laughs> painful and arduous. And, and even now with my website, to write a blog post, just to sit down and write a few paragraphs can really be pretty mentally taxing. So to actually write a book, I, I'm still scratching my head. But, um, you know, I, there's a few reasons for doing it. Uh, and uh, the biggest was really, I, I you know, over the years as a physical therapist, I've been able to uh, work alongside a handful of uh, like high school cross country teams and other running groups, and quite often what I do is I'd show up and I'd do some screenings on people, and I would notice some patterns. And a lot of them, a lot of these like especially uh, teenage athletes that I'd see, they weren't injured. You know, they didn't need to go to the doctor, be yet they're having some pain, and it's the kind of thing that could lead towards bigger issues. Mm-hmm. You know, stress fractures or whatever. So how do we how do we right the ship? you know, right away, how do we try to, you know, head that off? And so oftentimes I talk with a coach afterwards and say, Hey, you know, you had 10 of your kids that all had shin splints and they're all demonstrating this kind of a thing and this kind of a pattern. So, Hey, have those kids, those 10 kids do this, 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 and this exercise, have them stretch here, have them do this. And so you start to see patterns. And so I thought, well, you know, rather than keep repeating those same Mm. things, uh, why not, you know, put a resource out there that's more evergreen, something that a coach can just have with them. And that way, when a couple of their kids come to him and say, hey, my knees are hurting, then the coach says, okay, here, you do this stretch before we run every day. Come back and talk to me in a week, and let's see how you're doing. And same thing for us uh, recreational runners. You know, we all have little aches and pains that pop up. And what do you do about it? Do you run to the doctor every time you have something come up? Well, probably not. Probably not, right. (laughs) But, you know, why not have a resource available that, you know, if you notice that, hey, this is lingering more than it should, then, hey, maybe I need to do a stretch here or two, or maybe I need to strengthen this over here. And so that's really the purpose of the book, was to be a resource uh, for those situations. And and it, it definitely is. And, and I think that, uh, you know, one, one thing that um, is is easy to do, and we, we all do it. I mean, shoot, I've, I've, I've done it um, as well, but it's, you know, we'll talk to other people. You know, what did you do when you were in this situation? Or, or you know, this, this day and age, it's, it's, you know, you're looking for, you know, you type something into Google and you're looking for a blog post to, to help you get through it or, or a WebMD, which is going to tell you that you probably have cancer and you're going to die tomorrow or, or whatever, because <laughs> you know, whatever the case might be. Um, and, and there, there is, I, I, I like to think that, that I'm putting out pretty decent information and there's, there are some good places out there, but there's a lot of places out there where it's just the information is, is sketchy at best, questionable, maybe downright wrong at, at worst. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's, it is great to have a, a, a resource like this to, that really does bridge that gap between, you know, getting into, to, you know, with insurance the way it is, you get in to see your general care doctor and then you got to schedule something with a, with an orthopedist or what, you know, it take mm-hmm. you months to get seen for something that very well could be solved in a week or two weeks by doing just some simple stretches or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it, yeah, that's, that's a great point. And, um, yeah, the difference between doing an online search and yeah, who knows what you're going to find or whether it's reliable or not, or whether it's just some floofy advice from whatever the local latest authority mm-hmm. is. Um, 
versus, yeah, actually having to go see your doctor or go see a, even to come see me for a visit, you know, with the cost of healthcare these days, sometimes it's not cheap people paying out of pocket. And so if you can have a, a, again, a resource like this, that helps you, if it even just saves you from one visit to your doctor, then it's probably a screaming value. And same thing if you're a coach and you're coaching other people, if it saves one or two people from missing significant time or again, having to go see somebody, then man, it's a great deal. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, and, you know, you look in, um, looking in the book, you know, I, I, I was thinking, you know, which, which gets me in trouble sometimes, but, um, <laughs> before I started looking through it, you know, I'm thinking that it was mostly going to probably, a, I, 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 you're not going to offend me. Danny. No, Go ahead I, and just I, put I'm it out trying there. to think of the, the right way of saying this and not, not worrying about offending any, anybody or anything, but just, you know, I thought it would be probably more of the same type of plantar fasciitis, shin splints, IT band, maybe a little patellar tendon type of stuff. Um, you know, take some time off, do some cross. Like, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've talked about, you know, like, like I mean, again, not, not trying to, to throw anybody under the bus um, or anything like that. But then, then you look at it and, and you know, the, the biggest section of the book is kind of looking at um, common running injuries. And it starts with the lower back and the upper back and the posterior hip. Um, all of these, these places that I would say are not that they're uncommon, but they're not the, they're not the ones that get the, the spotlight. They're not, they're not the, the most likely when I talk to somebody that's, that's injured, those aren't, they, they crop up, but they're not the most common ones. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is, is a testament to, to how valuable this book can be and that it's not just one of the three or four quote unquote, most common running sure. injuries. And that's, and that's it. Um, so I just, I don't know that I have a great question other than it's, it's, it's very well-rounded. Um, and, and I think that's what makes it so valuable is that it's not just these, these simple things, um, or these, these, you know, the ones that have dozens of hundreds of blog posts and YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but prior to that, the, 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 the first section of the book is, is titled laying the foundation. And, And so maybe that would be where it would be most prudent to spend the majority of the time, instead of trying to go through each of the different types of injuries and things like buy, buy the book, people get, get the book, use it as a resource. Um, but, but the first section about laying the, the foundation, um, you know, and I think that that's probably an area where a lot of us and, and me chiefly being, being among them, um, struggle because, you know, we, we sit a lot, you know, I mean, I work online. I try to stand up when I'm doing as much as I can, but I don't have a stand up desk and that's on the list of things I want to get, but it's just, you know, it hasn't, hasn't reached the top yet. Um, so, you know, sitting a lot, sitting in the car on our commutes or, or sitting on the couch, watching, watching TV. Um, you know, I feel like that those are some, some of those foundational issues that can then lead to the more specific injuries. Um, so in, in that first section, talking about laying the foundations, you know, what are some things that we can do outside of what I just said, maybe stand up a little bit more, try not to sit all the time. Um, but, but where are some areas that, that aren't maybe quote unquote runner specific that can help runners avoid some of these running injuries by improving the foundation that we have that we're running upon? Sure. Well, I think one of the biggest things that we, biggest mistakes we make, uh, is, is easily, you know, trying to build up too quickly or trying to Mm -hmm. make changes too quickly. And, um, and and so like, you know, your typical person wants to maybe do a couch to 5k and that's great. Or then, you know, you build up for a half marathon, marathon, whatever, and, you know, the 10% rule is kind of what people often quote. And, and I think it's a good rule. And that basically means whatever you're doing, don't, you know, don't increase by 10%. And that can be mileage, that can be time, that can be intensity, 
Uh, that can be, you know, hills, which mm. you clearly don't have many of those here in yeah, Florida. We don't, we but, don't have uh, a problem with the hills. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we have a problem because we don't have hills that we can't train on. Yeah, that's, that's right. And so I, I think that's one of the biggest things is 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 making drastic changes. But then I think not only just a, with running, but, you know, with our lifestyles in general. You know, what do most of us do? Say, oh, I've got to get healthy. That's it. I'm going to just throw all the sugar out of my house and I'm going to exercise every day and I'm going to join a gym. And we try to make these huge drastic changes and our, our intentions are good, but how many of us can really sustain that big of a change in our life? You know, what does that last? Maybe two weeks or something, right. you know, right. and I'm guilty of that. Um, and so I think that the, the key is, is to, you know, say, okay, this is where I am today as far as running, as far as lifestyle, as far as my overall health. This is where I want to be in maybe six months. So this is where I want to be in a year. And then kind of work backwards from there and whatever changes you need to make. If you say, okay, I want to be exercising every day, you know, and I only exercise once every two weeks right now, you know, hypothetically, Mm -hmm. um, then you don't try to just start, you know, bang exercise every day, or maybe you just do a five or 10 minute walk every day just to get your body used to doing something different. And so I think, I think really to answer your question, uh, you know, figure out where you want to be in six months or a year and then work backwards from there gradually and give yourself a lot of grace for the journey. You know, you're, you're going to fall on your face a few times, but well, hopefully not literally, but, <laughs> but, but potentially, you know, but, but I, you know, I, I think that's, that's important that, that give yourself grace bit. Um, you know, I've, I've talked more than a few times about just, you know, life is going to happen and, and, um, it's, it's, you know, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and how much. Um, so, so yeah, having, having a, a plan working back from it, but then having the ability to, to be able to have some wiggle room and, and adjust some things and, and make sure that, it, that it all, um, balances is, is certainly important. Um, so, you know, again, kind of along the, so, so the, the 10% rule, um, mm-hmm. which again is, is kind of one of those, uh, rules that maybe I have a, I don't have a big issue with it other than just that it's, it's kind of a one size fits all type of thing. And, and, you know, but whatever, I, I'm not here to, to, to nitpick yeah. about the, the 10% rule, but that's, that's certainly one thing. Don't, don't progress too fast. I think is another way of saying the, the, the 10% yeah. Yeah. rule, which is, yep. which is certainly, certainly valuable and certainly it's something I can uh, get behind as well. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a couple of, of chapters here again, talking about proper form, proper flexibility, proper strength. And, and the proper form one, um, is one that we did kind of talk a little bit about before, mm-hmm. maybe not so much in the terms of proper form, but how to know what your form is and, mm-hmm. and how to correct that. Because, you know, I think on, on maybe, maybe on some level, we all kind of think we have pretty good form or at least hope we have pretty good form. <laughs> and then I don't know how many times I've seen somebody and, and I've done this too, where you look at a, a video or you po- a, a photo of yourself and you're like, God, do I really look like that when I run? Like, is that, <laughs> is that really how my foot hits the ground? Is that re-? so, you know, it, it, how, how do we, I think I asked the question before, is there such a thing as perfect form? And we kind of settled on there might be, but you know, more important is what is your proper form? Yeah. But, but how do we get to that, that point? I don't know that we dove into that too much last time. And if we did, it's still a good refresher. How do we, how do we go about improving our form? What should we try to work on, on that side of things? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a great question. And yeah, I recall we did touch on that briefly and, and, and yeah, I feel like we didn't cover it in real great detail. So I appreciate you asking again, uh, for one, yeah. Is there textbook perfect form out there? Yeah. Uh, but again, how many of us have genetically biomechanically right. perfect bodies that can attain that, you know, very few of us. So I don't think it's necessarily worth, you know, trying to 
you know, take a video of yourself and comparing it to say Shalane Flanagan or, uh, you know, some, you know, one of the, one of the elites mm-hmm. out there, um, and trying to say, Oh, I, I really need to look like that. Well, eh, no, don't, don't try to get bent out of shape with that. <laughs> but I think in the same note, we, we, we do have a lot of common, uh, I guess, common inefficiencies as far as things that we're susceptible to. And um, that's actually, uh, I guess, one of the next things I want to develop for my website as far as um, a way to kind of say, all right, here's maybe eight or nine different profile sort of avatars of, you know, which one do you kind of look like? And that's one that's worth taking a video of yourself and then kind of comparing it and saying, okay, well, you know what, maybe my arms do kind of cross the midline or my elbows stick out or yeah, okay, my hips do waddle that way or my feet turn out or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And so that's, I mean, quite frankly, that's a resource that I want to develop here in the coming months to be able to address that more thoroughly. Um, But I think that the important thing to think about with your form is, okay, you want to look at it and what does it tell you about your body? Because really your running form is your body expressing itself. And so to just arbitrarily say, oh, well, you know, I need to make it look more like that. Well, your body may be telling you that your calves are too tight or your quads aren't strong enough or you know, your hip flexors are too tight or whatever, Mm. in which case to try to run against that is probably going to be an exercise in frustration. So your best bet is to figure out, okay, what are my inefficiencies and what stretches or what strengthening moves can I do or what running form drills can I sprinkle into my runs to try to develop that and make it more efficient. Um, So I don't know if I'm answering your question real directly. I think we can spin it off in another way here. But. Yeah, definitely. Um, a, a couple of things that, that you mentioned there that I would, I would love to, to touch on a little bit more. And, and one being the arm swing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that looking at the arm swing or at least even thinking about the arms and, and the upper body in general is something that a lot of runners overlook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've, I've uh, had a few, had several people where, you know, after their first marathon or something like that, we're like, my God, I, I can't believe how much my upper back hurts, mm. you know, because yeah. like, just because you don't, you, I mean, and I don't always think about it either, but how much, you know, every time you, you step, your arms are swinging too. And yes. so, you know, having some upper back, upper back strength, stability, um, endurance in those muscles is, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, uh, you know, one thing that, that you said, um, just now, and I think you said it back when we talked before too, about, you know, arms kind of the elbows flaring out or arms crossing the midline. So instead of swinging forward to back, they're kind of swinging across your, your body when you're running. Um, I see that a lot, um, Mm -hmm. that, that kind of swinging across the body. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when you, when you see somebody else out running, you can't just be like, Hey, you're, you're swinging your arms wrong. Like that's, that's not, uh, not quite the right way to, to address it. Um, but you know, I mean, all, all joking aside, it is inefficient and it is, yes. it is making it harder for you to, to run as fast as you might want to go. So, mm-hmm. um, can, can you explain maybe a little bit about why that is for somebody who's, who's thinking like, Hey, my arms swing across my body and like, I do, I do just fine. I, I run X pace and I'm happy, you know, whatever I'm getting sure. faster. Like, sure. like, why is this something that I should worry about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to, I mean, to what you just said, if someone is feeling good and is happy with the paces they're running and happy with the progress they're making, then quite frankly, I, Keep on keeping on. Keep Yeah, yeah, don't change anything. But most of us want to improve, and we want to get better. So, But think about it this way. You know, your arms are basically counterbalancing your lower body. And so if your arms are swinging forward and backward, just in a nice little tucked-in whatever, um, 
then that means that your lower body is relatively in balance. If your arms are, if your elbows are sticking out to the side or your arms are flailing around, it means they're, they're trying to counterbalance something that's not happening correctly down through your feet, through your hips, somewhere else. So usually um, if your arms or your elbows are kicking out to the side uh, and your arms are kind of coming across in front of you, um, that would indicate a, a rotational weakness somewhere in your core or somewhere in your hips more, more than likely. And so, you know, as the arm swing, again, do you just arbitrarily try to correct your arm swing? Well, maybe. That might be a little drill that you play around with. But what does that tell you about how your body works? Again, pretty good chance that it's telling you that you need to get some, you need to get stronger uh, through your hips. Mm -hmm. And we need to find some fun, uh, glute strengthening moves, Um, not just bridges and clamshells, but getting Not that those are bad. Yeah, they're not bad. But there's more to it than just that. Yeah, 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 for sure. but and, and I guess we could take that in another direction, the whole glute activation thing, but that will save that for another time maybe. <laughs> um, but but I think that's the thing with the arm swing is your arms are basically tattletailing on what your lower body isn't doing correctly. So if they're if your elbows are sticking out to the side, again, then there's something not right happening in your lower body. And so I think that's the thing to really really pay attention mm-hmm. to. So yeah. And and to go back to to the cadence thing a little bit too, if your if your arms are sticking out and you're not like making some conscious decision for some reason to like run with your arms out to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talked earlier about not trying to force something. And so, yeah, trying to just automatically tuck them back in, you're, you're kind of forcing the situation, mm-hmm. but that, that does give you a nice little clue that something, like you said, something in the hip, something in the core is probably off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you're starting the, uh, you know, a major marathon and you're just needing to clear yourself a little room and you want to throw those <laughs> elbows out, then that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair game. But yeah, yeah. If if you feel like you're, con- you're uh, constantly having to pull your elbows back in, then I'd be looking down below to see why you feel the need to run like that. And I mean, if you've ever watched a say like a toddler learning to walk, you know where do they carry their arms? You know, way up yeah, high. Right. You know, it's their it's their balancing mechanism. And so as adults, we shouldn't have to do that anymore. Right. We, um, we should have this walking thing figured out by now. Hopefully. Ho- hopefully. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. So so yeah, that that's that's a good one. And and again, easy to overlook. I I mean I know. I, I was kind of in question the first couple of times after a marathon, like what the, like, why is, why is mm-hmm. everything so jacked up, up, up top? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so definitely something to, to keep in mind. Um, looking at the, at the other end of the spectrum, um, something that, that again, when we talked on, on cadence earlier, I think we, we touched on just a little bit and I know I've touched on it before, but it's always good to have different voices and different ways of saying things. Um, landing point, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of talk on, yeah. um, and I, I've, I've come back from the extreme a little bit on a lot of it actually on the whole heel striking forefoot striking midfoot strike where where do you strike um or how do you how does your foot strike the ground and, and now i'm at the point where i think i'm i'm much less concerned with what part of my foot hits the ground first as opposed to where my foot hits the ground first in relation to the rest of my body so um can, can we talk about that a little bit maybe first starting with you know does it really matter heel strike midfoot strike forefoot strike like like is that missing the point as far as where where your foot actually lands? No, you're you're right on. Uh, the most important thing is where your foot contacts the ground relative to the rest of your body. So, yeah, whether you strike slightly on your toes, midfoot, for uh, rear foot, really doesn't matter. Uh, it's really yeah where your foot is relative to the rest of your body. So again, to arbitrarily just say oh so and so said I should be a four foot striker or you know, so to just do that without really thinking about the ramifications mm-hmm. of it can be a recipe for disaster for sure. So I think it's pretty clear you don't want to have a huge 
rear foot strike. You don't want to land with a really heavy heel stomp. I think I think we can all agree that that's just there's no good way to make that happen. Well, and if yeah, that's that's the thing. If if you're landing with your foot mostly underneath your center center of gravity, mostly underneath your body, mm-hmm. it's real hard to pound your your heel into the ground. It's, Absolutely. It's windy, you know, and that's where you know they kind of the, the lines got blurred for me is that you know if you're landing with your foot out in front of you, which is what you don't want to do, right. The, the most likely thing is going to happen is that you're landing, you're slamming on your heel. Right, so that, right. that's where right. my original kind of misguided approach uh, <laughs> kind of came from. You know, and I once met a girl who, and I'm still trying to figure out how she pulled this off, but she was a major overstrider, but also a four-foot striker. Wow. It was, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was kind of both impressed and appalled at the same time, you know, going, oh, why do you do that? And she said, well, I'm a four-foot striker. That's what I read an article about. And I said, okay, um... You feeling good? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. <laughs> but that, that was an interesting one. Definitely wouldn't recommend that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, one thing that, that uh, again, I, I think that maybe some of my soapboxing on midfoot, forefoot is way better than, than heel striking of, of a past life um, has gotten some people in trouble um, because Probably I didn't do a good enough job explaining it. Most likely I didn't do a good enough job explaining it. But maybe they take it a little bit too far and think, all right, well, if, if heel striking is, is bad, mm-hmm. then I want to do everything I can to keep my heel from touching the ground because mm. that's bad. You know, I want to sure. four-foot strike. I want to run on my toes or whatever. Um, and that can cause some serious stress and strain and, and issues with, mm-hmm. with your calves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and again, we talked about this a little bit with loading, but maybe we can go into just a little bit more in depth here of, of you know, it's, it's okay to, to, in fact, it's beneficial. It's going to make you more efficient. It's going to make you run better, um, to, to let that, let that your foot naturally do what it's, what it's going to do. Yes. Um, again, I don't know that I have a great question. Um, but maybe we can just kind of discuss this idea of, of why is just running on your toes? Like, why is that not good? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a great segue here. So, Again, back to what we talked about, you know, your muscles need to load in order to work properly. And if you stay completely up on your toes, then especially your calf muscles and the muscles in the bottom of your feet just stay in a shortened position. Mm-hmm. And so like we talked about, that's just not, your, your muscles don't load that way. Your muscles have to be relaxed enough to accept the incoming load. And that's what then allows them to tap into their elastic potential. Muscles work a lot more efficiently that way. Can, can we... Just, just, I understand what you're saying here, but for okay. people that, that don't quite speak medical language, which is certainly nothing wrong with that, when, when we say load, what what are we exactly meaning? So you're saying I need to come back from the nerdery here a little bit, I mean, Danny? It, it, we just need to make sure that everybody's speaking the same language here. Is all. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, totally fair. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for stopping me there. Um, so yeah. So loading essentially is lengthening a load under or lengthening lengthen, a muscle. Lengthen a muscle. I'm sorry. Under under load. And so I guess the, the, the analogy would be, so, you know, to, you can use your quadriceps or you can stretch your quadriceps just by pulling your, your, um, ankle up to your butt. So that's lengthening a muscle, lengthening Mm -hmm. your quads, but they're not loaded there. But if you do a squat, well, now they're lengthening under load, your body weight is on it. And so you're, um, yeah, so you're loading your muscle that way. So is that, yes, yes. Again, I just wanted to make sure that we're all kind of like, Nobody's going, what the heck does he mean by load? So sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, go no, ahead. no, no. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah. Um, so when you, when you go to try to stay up on your toes, then your, your calf muscles, the, the muscles of your feet stay in this sort of shortened, tensed position all the time. And 
that can and so then what you're asking them to do is first of all not lengthen not stretch out but then you're asking them to try to still generate the same amount of force but they're operating from an already tensed position rather than loading first and then unloading and so you're asking your muscles to work a lot harder that way mm. and when you look at and then uh just we'll geek out for a quick second but i think it'll make sense you know the the you've got what 26 bones of your feet or mm-hmm. something like that every time your foot hits the ground each of those bones have to move there's got to be a little subtle movement and that's just part of the normal foot mechanics and so when your heel bone which is called your calcaneus Every time your heel bone hits the ground, there's a little bit of a wobble to it. So there's a little bit of a motion that should Mm -hmm. take place. And when that happens, that's part of what unlocks your calf. So your calf can actually work effectively. And so if you stay up on your toes and don't let your heel touch the ground, well, then your calf doesn't get the chance to load the way it's really Mm -hmm. meant to. And so, again, there's a few people that have benefited from that, and you can't dismiss that for sure. But for most of us, we really need to tap into all the potential that our muscles have. And so it's helpful to let our heel hit the ground a little bit because that unlocks your calf that much more. Right, right. And, and you know, the, the way I kind of think about it sometimes is, is you know, just like, uh, you know, jumping on, uh, on, on the ground versus on a trampoline. You know, like that, that loading phase is kind of hitting that trampoline, and it's, it's stretching, um, but it's it's also generating the power to then launch you launch you up. Um, so you know when we're when we're doing mm-hmm. that as as runners, if you're just staying up on on your toes, it's kind of like just trying to jump on the hard ground. You can still do it, but yeah. can you jump as high? Is it as easy? Is it easier on your body? All of those types of things that mm-hmm. you know over the course of a half marathon or a marathon or decades of running, mm-hmm. it's probably probably good to not have quite as much wear and tear if we can avoid it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good analogy. Can I use that you one can, moving yeah, forward? Too? I'll I'll, yeah. uh, I'll let you take that one home with you. I'll okay. keep that one down in Florida. You can take that one back to uh, <laughs> to the Great White North. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, the, you know, and, and these are just like I said earlier, kind of talking about laying the foundation and, and making sure we've got some good form and and making sure that we've got um, you know the ability, the, the flexibility, the range of motion, and the strength to 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 do some things as well. Which you know, then then when you get into to the 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 bulk of the book talking about different ailments and aches and pains and things like that, how to address them um, really kind of get into, you know, why, why it's important and how to, how to mm-hmm. you know, do some of these corrective movements yeah. um, to, to help avoid, you know, to help loosen up the the hips or to, to mm-hmm. strengthen the, the glutes or, or whatever, whatever the case might be. Um, so again, I mean, just all around uh, top notch job with, with the book, Mike, it's, it's, it's definitely, I think hitting that target of bridging the gap between, Google and, you know, <laughs> doctor's visit, PT clinic visit, whatever the case might be for yeah. that, for, for, you know, I, I think this is a, a must, a must read for maybe not a must read cover to cover, but a must get. And when needed, when, when you notice something's off a little bit, um, have it, have it on the shelf, have it, have it ready to go. Uh, to look into. Sure. Yeah. Quite frankly, it'd be a little bit of a boring read to just sit down and go <laughs> cover to cover with right, it. Right. But uh, yeah, that's really what it's meant for to be a, to be a resource for, for those circumstances. So yeah. One, one other thing um, that, that just kind of came to mind that I, I totally had forgot to, to mention about the book as well, but, but I think it's worth spending a couple minutes talking about too. Um, somewhere towards, towards the kind of the introduction that the beginning part of the book, you talked about how, um, you know, say for example, you've got pain, you know, I think you might even use the example of shin splints, but whatever. I mean, it's the, what the example is, is irrelevant. You got, you got a pain somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you turn to the book, turn to the back of the, the, you know, the section about that, that location, you try those, those exercises, those stretches, whatever the case might be. And 
you know, if in, in a week, 10 days, you're not seeing much, much improvement, maybe you need to look above or below, whether it's, it's uh, you know, look at the ankle, look at the knee, look at the hip, look at the foot, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, so, something, you know, that, that I think maybe it's human nature, maybe it's running, running nature, but we get so locked in on, here's the problem. And the solution has to be something right here. You know, the, the, the problem and the solution has to be one and the same. Yeah. And it's in, in the body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's very rarely the case. Yeah. Um, so, so how, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of one of those things that, that can maybe be trial and error, I, you know, to, to, to try to, you know, to, to negotiate. All right. Well, here's where the pain is, but where is, where is the actual cause? It, it takes some time to figure that out. Are there any, I don't know, tips or, or suggestions to try to, speed that process along for somebody who's not an athletic trainer, who's not a physical therapist, who d- didn't study kinesiology in, in college, um, to try to, to again, just speed that process along to try to get some relief from this little ailment that's, that's bothering them. Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I couldn't agree more with your, your statement about, you know, if where the pain is, is that that's gotta be where we emphasize it's, that's where I'm going to foam roll. That's where I'm going to ice. That's where I'm going to just stretch the snot out of it. I, I, I'm going to try to, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and, and that's not bad. And I, I think it's wise to just try to start there right. and, and see. Um, but every person does have to do trial and error on themselves. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's very common that uh you know that that it's it's comes back to like tightness in a muscle maybe just above or just below i guess for instance uh, a lot of plantar fasciitis um really if it's if it's not too ingrained to where the plantar fascia itself has started to deteriorate mm-hmm. then a lot of times really stretching your calf can really go a long way right. to taking care of that uh hamstring issues what do we want to do we want to stretch our hamstrings well quite often tight quads cause our hamstring, you know, cause this imbalance up at our hip, which puts our hamstrings in a biomechanically inefficient position. That's why our hamstrings get cranky. So, and, and that's, that's stuff I mentioned in the book in each of the sections is to say, Hey, you know, try these, but you know, you might want to think about this other section too. And so it almost becomes your own, uh, um, uh, your uh, your own choose your ending book or whatever those kids books are right, right? You know, choose you your own adventure yeah, yeah there we <laughs> go there this, we if go if this works turn to page seven if not turn to yeah forty seven <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> and so I yeah I, I don't know how else to to be able to just cover that you know concisely here on the podcast mm-hmm. but um you know if basically if it comes down to it if you're not sure where to go then think about okay how can I make my hips and my calves more efficient. And quite often those will take care of a lot of lot other of issues. So I, I think, yeah, that's by the safest. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. And I think that that's, again, one of the reasons that, that I, I love what you did here is that it does, you know, start here. But if, if this isn't then a, not a guarantee, but a, a probable cause or a probable thing to, to address might be to, to, you know, switch from your hamstrings to your, to your quads or your hip flexors mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be moving, moving around the body a little bit. Yeah. Um, because you know, we know, um, but again, if you haven't studied all this stuff, the, the antagonist agonist relationship where, you know, the, the front and the back, they, they work together. And so if one's off, it's putting more stress and strain on the other. Um, and that can cause, cause, you know, out of balance and now you got problems. So you gotta, sometimes, sometimes that's, you gotta work, work around the, a little uh, kind of come through the back door a little bit to to solve the problem sometimes. 
Yeah, and I think I need to call you out on using too big a terms there, Denny. Agonist, antagonist, those are, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's uh, geeking out a little bit, you yeah. know. Yeah, uh, the good guy and the bad guy. How about that? How about that? The, the pros and the cons. Um, but uh, but anyway, so so great book. Once again, uh, Runner's Fix is the title. Um, Amazon, Kindle, anywhere anywhere else? So those, I mean, those are the big, big places. You got those covered. You, you covered most of the bases. Yeah, Amazon, you can just order it right off there, uh, either paperback or Kindle. Uh, if you happen to live in northern Michigan, there's a few local bookstores that carry it. Uh, hopefully, you'll be getting the word out to awesome. uh, other places. But Amazon is the way to go. If you really, really, really want uh, an autographed copy or something, and then you know, shoot me an email or hit me up on social figure media. Figure out a way to make can, it happen. We can hook that up too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and speaking of, of making it happen, I don't know. We, we should have maybe talked about this beforehand, so we could we could figure out what the best way is to do it. But um, Mike's Mike's sent a, a, a copy to me to uh, to pass along to to one of you. So um, I don't know. Stay tuned. And in, in the in the little postscript, I'll I'll give you the details on on what what we'll do as far as a giveaway. But um, like I said, it, it's the book is is well worth worth getting. Um, you know, I think that uh, I think that you could you could put uh, be ready on race day and and runners fix together. You have a nice little bundle of how to prepare for the next race and also how to make sure that when it, when a little niggle crops up along the way, um, you're addressing it and, and and solving it. But uh, if you had to pick one or the other, get runners fix. That's that's the book. Um, you know, we, we can, we, you, you can figure out how to, how to tra- I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. Whatever. Get, get the book is what I'm trying to say. It's the best. It's the best. I don't know what it is. It's $15, $10, something like that on, on Amazon, on Kindle, um, $20, $50, whatever, whatever it is. Um, what, what is the, what is the going rate on it, Mike? So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's twenty four ninety five on uh, Amazon for, for paperback and uh, nine ninety five for uh, Kindle. There you go. So whatever format you like. Yeah. Get, get me, I'm digging myself in, into the grave here, but in any event, much less than a copay, much less than probably most uh, PT visits, things like that, and at least get you started. And, and, and if you have to then take it to, to actually seeing somebody, if, if it's a little bit more serious issue, then that's what they're there for. But um, you know, you can you can address a lot of things uh, with with the book. So check it out, Runners Fix. Links in the show notes. Uh, and and once again, uh, runfiz.com is the website if you want to check up on on some of Mike's videos. We, we talked a lot more in the in the first chat about some of the videos and different things he's got going on. And those are all linked there as well. Um, on Instagram at run on Twitter and Facebook at Mike run fizz. Uh, once again, if you missed the first chat and you want to go back and check that one out, disruns.com slash five, seven, five is that link disruns.com slash seven Oh four for the show notes for today. Whew, that was a mouthful. Um, but anyway, uh, Mike, thanks for, uh, for, for coming by, but, but more importantly, thanks for, for putting together a really good book, a really solid reference. Um, and one of the things that we didn't even touch, touch on, but just worth mentioning photo demonstrations as well, which is, which is key because, you know, uh, sometimes it's, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to actually kind of see what it should look like. And then the words make a little bit more sense. So, um, great, great resource guys. Definitely check it out. Um, and Mike, thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by and, and, uh, when, when is the next book coming? No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but, but great book job well done. And, and thanks for, uh, for stopping by and talking with us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This has been fun. And thanks again for welcoming me to, uh, go for a run here and joining you in, in sunny Florida. The, the sun will come back. The sun, right? the sun will come back. It, oh, I promise. It better. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Mike and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was something that we talked about today that resonated with you a little bit, uh, a little bit more strongly than uh, maybe everything else? What was that? What was that one thing that really stood out from this episode? 
for me, I think it comes down to kind of what we were talking about at the beginning, and, and we touched on it a, a bit with, with Cadence and about how 180 isn't this magical number, but you know, you got to kind of got to find the right cadence for you based on your, your, your body type, size, uh, pace, all, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I mean, you've heard me talk about one size fits alls before, and, and, uh, that's not quite where I'm going today. It's, it's close, but it's not quite where I'm going my takeaway today. And, uh, my takeaway has to do with the idea that there's, that there's, um, you often more to the story than what we hear in the headline. So, in this case, you know, the headline being that 180 is the the ideal cadence for runners. That's that's the headline. That's what Runners World posts that they want you to click their link to read their article. I don't think anybody would really tell you that 180 is always, you know, is always end all be all the, the magic number. I mean, certainly Mike and I would agree that it's not. Um, because of a variety of different factors. How, you know, are you running easy? Are you race pace? Are you running uh, you know, what distance are you racing? What's your fitness? Like there's how long are your legs? I mean, like we said, there's so many variables. So instead of just looking at the headline and saying, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I need to try to do. My takeaway is the importance of digging beneath the surface a little bit, getting some, some other thoughts beyond just what the headline is kind of getting the rest of the story. If you want to go all Paul Harvey on the situation. And, and it's not just with cadence that that, that, that is the case, you know, it's, I mean, and, and I'm maybe guilty of, of proliferating headlines as well. You know, heart rate training is, is, you know, the science is strong behind heart rate training. Well, what is the science? You know, how much investigation have you done on it before you've decided to either heed my advice or dismiss my advice about the, the value of heart rate training? How much have I done? I've, I've done a fair bit, but I certainly have more that I could do, um, in order to try to help explain it better. You know, dietary advice. Should you go low carb, high carb, not, you know, somewhere in the middle? Should you run before you, uh, or eat before you run? Should you run fasted? You know, there's, there's all kinds of articles and, you know, in the, in the webs, you know, in the interwebs these days, it's not hard to find them where, you know, you can find headlines that say very contradictory advice, oftentimes maybe even on the same blog or on the same website and the same magazine. You know, one issue to the next, you might have an article that says, you know, the, the 10 reasons why you should never run fasted. And the next month it might be 10 reasons why you should not eat before you run. And it's like, well, what the hell am I supposed to believe? Well, in, in any case, in either case, in every case, don't believe the headline, get into it, dive deep, understand the nuance, understand the reasons, the rationale, and then, you know, kind of tweak it and adjust it to how it might fit for you. You know, get, add, add a little bit of personal experimentation as well. So, you know, back to the, the cadence, you know, like we talked about, there's a lot of factors that may influence a higher or lower number than 180. Find what's right for you. Find what's right for you. So get beyond the headline, do a little investigation, consult some other sources maybe, and then experiment and see what works. And maybe you find that 170 is the perfect cadence for you. Maybe it's 185. Maybe it kind of just depends on what workout you're doing. That's probably probably the golden thought there. But um, you know, just don't just stop at the headline. Read the article, or or read the book, or investigate further, and then you know get some more information than just a, a quick headline before you make a decision that uh, is going to you know hopefully improve your running for the better. But find out what's behind it beyond just the headline. So that's my takeaway. Um, now for, for the good stuff. Like I said at the beginning, uh, if you want to support the show like Jennifer and Jason have done, 
patreon.com slash disruns. That page is going to be changing soon. Uh, the link is still going to be the same, but the, the info on the page is going to be changing as far as what's offered, what the perks are. Um, probably come in the first part of April as this show gets recorded on the 25th or gets released, I guess, on the 25th of March. So in about a week, things will start to change on the Patreon site. Um, but obviously, if you get in early, you get in after that, whatever, um, you're still going to be... Uh, you're still going to get the same perks. So anybody who's already a patron will get the, all the new perks that the new folks are getting. Um, and plus you'll be, you know, you'll, you'll get credit for uh, cups of coffee already purchased. So you get, you get a little, might have a little windfall coming for some of you guys that have been around for a while, but patreon.com slash disruns. And now for the important part, the book giveaway. Um, like I talked about with Mike, this, this is a really good book. It's a really helpful book. Probably not something you're going to read cover to cover, but something that you're going to use as a reference hopefully for years to come. Um, and if you want to get a physical copy signed by, by the man himself, by, by Mr. Mike Swinger, um, we're going to do a little, uh, a little giveaway, or I'm going to do a little giveaway. He already left the book here. The book is in my possession, signed copy, ready to go to, to one of you. Uh, and I'm going to give it out, I think, in a week. I think I'm going to pick a winner on April Fool's Day. But don't worry, it'll be, it'll be a, an honest winner, not an not a April Fool's winner. But the contest is going to run over on Instagram. So... Uh, if you if you hopefully have an Instagram account, head over to Instagram uh, and check out my post from. It's going to be a little bit later today, so if you listen to this episode like the second it hits your your airwaves, the uh, giveaway is probably not going to be posted to Instagram until this afternoon or this evening. But this is is uh, March the twenty fifth. There will be a post on March the twenty fifth. It'll be pretty obvious. It'll be a picture of the book giveaway. Blah 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 blah. All the details will be there. Winner will be picked on April first. So you have seven days from the day that this episode goes live to get yourself entered, to get, uh, like I said, a really good book, a book that I think is going to be uh, a, a great bit of reference, a great something that's going to help you to stay healthy, to avoid some injuries. If you feel a little something coming on, uh, a pretty good way to help solve some of those issues before they get any worse. So, uh, you know, get yourself in it to win it. Uh, Diz, at Diz Runs on Instagram, find it out. Uh, and like I said, all the details will be there and obviously you can just buy yourself a copy if you're, uh, so inclined Kindle and, uh, paperback versions available over at Amazon. Again, the title is runners fix highly, highly recommended it. I highly recommend it. I guess it's highly recommended is what I was trying to say there, but, uh, that is, that is it. So two ways you can support the show today, Patreon and uh, come over on Instagram and, and uh, check out the giveaway. And something that I'm kind of thinking about doing some more of, doing some more giveaways, whether it's books, little products, things like that. Um, and not always, not always my own thing, you know, but giving away, buying something and giving something away from somebody else um, that you might find useful. So uh, stay tuned for more of those things that some will be announced on the show. Some will just be kind of, you know, willy nilly on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever the case might be. So um, that is it for today. Thank you guys for listening. As always, I don't know if I said this. I guess I know I didn't say this earlier, right? Thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways, at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram, DizRuns at gmail.com. You probably know all these things by now, right? I say them every, every bloody episode. Um, but if you're new, those are the ways to let me know what you thought of this episode, what your takeaways were. You can also head over to the show notes, DizRuns.com slash 704 is the link that will get you back to today's episode. Uh, show notes, Cliff's Notes version of the show, links, links to Mike's book, links to the past episode. If you missed that one, you can go back and check that one out. Uh, but all those things, disruns.com slash 704. And with that, we'll go ahead and uh, put a ball on this thing. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you did, tell a friend. That's another great way to support the show. Help spread the word. Uh, we are we are continuing to grow. 
and uh, I know it's it's as much about you as it is about me as far as the growth. I mean, I keep putting out the show, but you keep telling others about it, and that really does make a difference. So thank you so much for doing that, spreading the word, sharing it on social media, uh, sharing it on your blog, sharing it just within your running groups. It, it's uh, super helpful. So uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening and all that you do to help support the growth of the show, financial and otherwise. It means a lot. And until next time, be well. Take care. Talk soon. See you guys.